and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season five, episode two, real me. Are you are you the real you, Seth? I don't know. Who are we in in the universe in general? Right, that's a big question that uh, I suppose we're finding out through this little girl that we met last week. Uh, I really loved this episode. Like I thought it was so Same-sies. good. It was so entertaining. It's a great episode. So I know I've brought this up in the in the show before. I really like Stargate SG-1. It's one of my favorite science fiction series. This episode, I think, exemplifies for me what it is I enjoyed so much about Stargate SG-1 in its later, later seasons is there, there comes a point in every network television show's run where if it lasts long enough, it gets comfortable enough with its characters and its format and the actors and the writers. There's a synergy that happens whereby they can start to do some very like fun things with the show, both to just change it up for the viewers, but also because they want to have fun together. And I think that's what we're seeing here is they're bringing in this new character, Don. So obviously they have to get us up to speed on Don pretty quickly. So that's part of the point of this show. But also it's just, it's a fun way to play with the way to tell a story, right? As you have, Everything's kind of from Dawn's perspective. You get Dawn's voiceover. We get to see slightly different sides of the Scoobies that we maybe don't always see. I think I had a lot of fun with Tara in this episode and Anya. Even Xander. So I, I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's a fun episode. And, and after Buffy versus Dracula, which was also fun, but kind of like, you know, like we talked about <laughs> last week, a bit weird. Um, th- this is another great episode. So I'm, I'm happy that season five is starting off so strong. Yeah, and I'm actually really uh, psyched because I've said this before, like season five, I'm not super familiar with. It, like I know season two and three very, very well, but I ve- very rarely rewatch season five. So watching this episode was almost like watching it for the first time for me, like hit plot points here and there. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I didn't remember harmonies in here. I didn't remember a lot of the jokes and everything. So it was really delightful watching it and being introduced to Dawn this way. Uh, Like you just said earlier, you know, this new character, new in quotes. Well, she did feel new to me because I I don't remember this episode. So it's it's really fun to watch when I come at it from this perspective of of not really remembering. And I think it's so choice that they brought Harmony back for this. Mercedes McNabb, you're just stealing my heart. Like, the way you play Harmony in this episode is perfect. And showing growth for Harmony. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to go in yes. and get, okay, get let's, it started. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So it starts off with Giles's calming, sexy voice. And he's saying, there's nothing but you. You are the center. And within you, there is the core of your being, of what you are. 
Find it. Breathe into it. And Giles is literally doing ASMR positive affirmations for everybody. Yeah. So my question for you is, would you buy Giles's sexy yoga tapes? In a heartbeat. And I don't even like yoga. I would put this meditation. Like, obviously, he's like, so what he's saying, he's doing this for Buffy, who is who seems to be meditating or or taking it in and focusing with his words. Uh, yeah, I would, I would listen to it before bed. I would listen to it before like a hard meeting or presentation I had to do just to like focus in. It's so good. So they're in some sort of gym. I don't know where they are. They're just in a gym. And uh, Giles is circling Buffy whose eyes are closed and she's straddling this bench. And Giles says, focused inward. Let the world fall away, fall away, fall away. <laughs> and Buffy like ascends into a handstand. Ah, like music is playing like super zen uh we hear her breathing she's totally in the zone uh there are crisp there's a pile of crystals nearby and i was very surprised not surprised but maybe good maybe it's maybe i was really happy to see that buffy has no issue with giles using crystals around her again remember what happened last time good point yes and helpless he crystalled her into a trance and then he sapped her of her energy so clearly they're over that buffy goes into a one-armed handstand her shoulders are jacked i'm I'm doing one right now while we record well yeah just me reading out what giles said was enough to put you into a handstand trance (laughs) so i'm impressed i'm impressed with buffy's skills here but then suddenly a hand places another crystal on top of the other crystals and they all topple breaking buffy's concentration she falls to the ground hard and she's staring up at the at the roof and then that little girl from earlier we don't know her name yet i mean we said it earlier but in the show they haven't said it yet she leans over buffy's face and says can we go now and we cut to credits so in the credits this little girl's in there, uh, Harriet the Spy herself. Michelle Trechtenberg is her name. So we're in a, a girl's room. It, it, it appears to be a younger girl, like a, a little girl's room. But it, uh, this girl must be like, you know, four, I think she says later she's 14 years old. Uh, seems a little young for her. However, that's just how childhood bedrooms go, right? Like not not everyone updates them as, as they grow. Um, and she is having a voiceover. Uh, just like Kara says, she's she's writing in her diary and we're hearing what she's writing. And she's saying, nobody knows who I am. Not the real me. Ooh, she said it. Uh, it's like nobody cares enough to find out. I mean, does anybody ever ask me what I want to do with my life or my opinion is on stuff or what restaurant I want to order from? No, underline, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, the preteen, well, not preteen, <laughs> early teenage age. Love it, love it, love it. Also, what are you talking about, uh, Don? The only place that you guys order from is Asian House. Like, we know that. <laughs> So um, there's no need to pick a different restaurant. She says, no one has an older sister who's a slayer. So we cut to the sum- the summer's kitchen. Buffy and Joyce are there. Joyce is making coffee. Buffy's trying to get her breakfast together. And this little girl joins them. And she says, people wouldn't be so crazy about her if they had to live in the same house as her every single day. Everybody cares what she thinks just because she can do backflips and stuff. Like that's a crucial job skill in the real world. True. Plus, mom lets her get away with everything. Your sister's saving the world. Well, I could save the world if somebody had in me superpowers, but I'd think of a cool name and wear a mask to protect my loved ones, which Buffy doesn't even. So 
as she's doing this monologue, Buffy has gotten a bowl and some milk out and she's going to make herself some cereal. And while her back is turned, this little girl takes the bowl and takes the rest of the milk. There's no more milk left. And I was like, she better be careful. Remember what happened the last time? Buffy had to share milk with somebody. (laughs) Her name's Kathy and she's gone now. So clearly they're setting up this dynamic between this, these family of women and what goes on at breakfast time. And it's really fun to watch. And Dawn is saying, if this town wasn't so, uh, and she uses an ableist word there, so we'll just say, if this town wasn't so boring, everyone would completely know what she does and they wouldn't be that impressed because killing things with wood, oh, scary vampires, they die from a splinter. So Buffy gives Dawn like this death stir because she obviously took her milk and her breakfast and whoa, what a pain, little sisters, boo. Um, Joy says, Buffy, what are your plans today? And Buffy says, Giles and I are going to go to the magic shop for supplies for my new and improved training sessions. And Joyce is like, that's great. You can take Dawn shopping uh, for her school supplies. And so there it is. Her name's Dawn. Be back before Dawn. What do we think about this name? I like Dawn. I like that name. Buffy and Dawn. I feel like Dawn got the better end of the stick there. (laughs) I think Dawn's a gorgeous name. Both girls are like, What? Dawn wants Joyce to take her, and Joyce says, well, honey, I've got the Gurian showing tonight, and there's so much to do to get the gallery ready. A.K.A. she has to smuggle some masks into the country, (laughs) uh, pay off the customs agent. Uh, She's probably going to hook up with Spike or something. I don't know what's going on, but Joyce has a busy life outside this house, Dawn, and you best respect that. Joyce hasn't worked at the gallery in years. (laughs) That's a front. So... um, the convos move into the living room, okay? Uh, Buffy is saying, that doesn't work for me. We're just going to the magic shop. No school supplies there. And Dawn makes a joke about Hogwarts, and she laughs, but Buffy doesn't. So she's just like, geez, crack a book sometime. So no one understands her. Oh, she's so misunderstood. Joyce says, Giles doesn't mind dropping you and your sister off at the mall afterwards. And Buffy's like, he does mind. This is supposed to be quality watcher slayer time. I told you she completely ruined my training yesterday. And Dawn's like, did not. And Buffy says, you know you did too. And Joyce says, Buffy, I realize the importance of your new Slayer thing, but I could really use your help, which I think anybody who is an older sibling might get triggered by that because that's like the most parent thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so let's just let's just pause for a moment. Let's just can we just briefly talk about what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? What like is this, this? This kid shows up at the end of Buffy versus Dracula um, and, and, you know, listeners you know, we know what's going on, but we are trying to keep things spoiler free. So if we're looking at this from the perspective of somebody who's watching this show for the first time, in this scene, Joyce and Buffy are acting like Dawn has always been here. They have a routine. They have a, they have yeah. a thing going on here. Like, they, a, like they, I said, a family dynamic. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, like, like I mean, they're moving around the kitchen like they've been there forever. They're the Buffy and Don are fighting. They're demanding things of Joyce, and Joyce is like, "Girls, like I just need Buffy. I need you to watch your your younger sister. This is a, this is normal for them. This is an, a conversation they've had hundreds of times." Yeah. So it's it's like, what's going on here? Is it a spell? Is it a dream? Like it's so interesting to me. Um, I really really respect the show for doing it this way. Because it takes guts to throw this at your viewers. And especially, you know, back in those days, 
it was one episode a week and you had to wait um and it was you know things didn't get leaked online as much like they do from hbo shows these days um so i i respect buffy doing it this way because i think it's really tantalizing and intriguing and <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to watch us unpack this mystery that is dawn in the episodes to come car appreciates the hustle of the show uh and i think the you like you're saying through the diary and through how that builds dawn's character the fact that a lot of this is through her perspective we all worship buffy every single person in the show and the watchers up until now we love buffy Dawn doesn't. Dawn and Buffy are going to have the sibling rivalry going on this whole episode. And it's also really fascinating how um, we are learning how Dawn fits into this world. Turns out pretty normally, right? She's got a relationship with everybody. And we see it here <laughs> first with her mother and her sister. Nothing is out of sorts for them. Everybody is very natural here. So there's a knock at the door and it's Riley. And Riley hits on right. Joyce. Riley hits on Joyce and says, you look great. <laughs> and Joyce is like, I know. No, she didn't say that, but she's just like, thank you, and goes upstairs. <laughs> and um, Buffy goes to him, and she calls him a suck-up, and he says, well, I'm here to violate your firstborn. Never goes over with parents. So he, there he, he said firstborn. Therefore, like, it's not just the summer girls that are seeing, seeing this dawn, right? right? Riley's in on it. Oh, he's in on it. Oh, he's, he's there. Um, and then they start, you know, making out. They're all over each other. Yeah, they are. They're very lovey-dovey here. And uh, But again, this is from Dawn's perspective, right? So Dawn's watching this and she's like, Riley, my sister's boyfriend, is so into her. <laughs> They're always kissing and groping. I bet they've had sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is bang on what a 14-year-old would write in their diary because I swear to God, Kara, I wrote the same goddamn thing in my diary in grade seven or eight, right? So I was going to ask you, I was yeah. going to bring it up later in the show, but yeah, I was going to ask you for your <laughs> wisdom here because I, I do have an older sister, but she's much older than me. She's from my mom's first marriage. So um, we didn't grow up in the same house together. So I, I never got to have that sister-sister dynamic of like, you know, being jealous of your older sister but that's what i was seeing in, in this scene right is it's kind of like dawn is old enough that she's starting to go through all those hormones but she's young enough that she hasn't really had those experiences yet and she's watching buffy run ahead of her and she's experiencing some jealousy is that Accurate? Yeah, that's very accurate. It's very accurate, um, the sister dynamic here. there. So I have an older sister uh, who I grew up with. She's two years older. So in this case, uh, Dawn is 14 and Buffy is 19. That's a significant gap. Yeah. But definitely enough room for their fighting and their bickering with Buffy finding her annoying and a weight that she has to carry, an extra weight that she has to now carry around with her. That's very realistic, as is Dawn's jealousy of her and Dawn's like, I think she's jealous of Buffy, but she also really wants Buffy to see her and thinks that and just say she's cool. Right. Like, I, like, you're my sister and I want to hang out with you. But Buffy treats her like a burden. So, of course, she has animosity toward her. That's so sibling. That is, that is like, like, bang on. And I, I also think it's very authentic. Again, the way that Dawn's writing in her diary. I remember um, grade seven or eight, you know, like you have like, oh, that girl in my class, she's got a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I bet they kiss. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, it's it's very authentic <laughs> i wish greg kissed me right <laughs> so riley notices dawn and is like hey kid 
And she's like, I'm not a kid. And she walks away. So Buffy sits with Riley on the couch and she's like, this is a surprise of the nicest kind. And he's like, should it be? We had plans today. And she's like, she has no clue. Buffy is so clueless about this. And he's like, you said, come over tomorrow and we'll hang. And I said, okay. So like, that's why I'm here. And I was like, oh, geez, Buffy didn't remember she had a date with her boyfriend. And this is not going to help Riley's self-esteem. Um, oh, no, I know like, we're all going to cry about that. But Buffy says, Giles is coming to pick me up. He says, Slayer training. And she says, it's Slayer shopping, but equally as important. And Riley's very understanding, actually, right? He says, like, okay, we'll hook up later. And she asks him if he's upset about it. And he says, I know what this means to you. I think it's great that you've got this new mission. And I'll see you tonight. So he kisses her. And he's like, see you, kid, as he leaves. And we hear Don from out of shot saying, I'm not a kid. But again, like, I, I will say, like, I was surprised that Riley was just like, that's cool. See you tonight. Right? Agreed. Good for him. So we cut to Giles and Buffy and Don driving in a bright red convertible. Ooh. This car, staff. I called it a penis mobile. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I call it his uh, midlife crisis convertible. Yeah. So clearly he's not done with this midlife crisis thing, eh? Like he's. He's, He's leading into it, and yeah. I, I respect that. But we have to remember, right, that Spike crashed his car. Oh, yeah. Last season. That, that car was shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point. But, yeah, so he, he is driving a very Californian uh, ride. Yes, yes. So he's telling Buffy that he, he sympathizes with her um, for having, like, feeling bad for pulling off Riley. And he's like, well, Riley understands better than anyone else the importance of training. You can't allow personal concerns to distract you. <laughs> and as he says this, Don reaches over the seat uh, between Buffy and Giles, who are in the front seats, to adjust the station on the radio. And I, I love the way that this shot is framed because it's just it's a two shot of Buffy and Giles. So Don is leaning into the frame. And we've we've actually seen this a few times already in the episode where like that in that very first scene just before the credits she inserts herself into the shot yes and same in, in the kitchen sequence she's constantly just kind of like inserting herself into buffy's space and so i think it's a really cool way that they decided to shoot this episode where they're constantly showing us the way that dawn has inserted herself into buffy's life yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and um, she, Buffy, Buffy says something about that later where I was going to bring up something similar. So really good point. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Giles is like, sit down. And Don's like, whatever, old man. She doesn't say that, but <laughs> same idea. And she thinks to herself, I don't think Buffy's watcher likes me too much. I think it's because he's just so old. I'm not sure how old he is, but I heard him use the word newfangled one time. So he's got to be pretty far gone. <laughs> and I like how they're trying to establish her voice because she, she has a very similar voice to Buffy in terms of how she uses vocabulary and such, but it is distinct from Buffy's voice. And I, I appreciate the writers walking that fine line. There's clearly like a, a summer's lingo going on here. I don't know if they picked it up from Joyce or something, but mm. um, and so Buffy says, there's a lot of books on the list. And Giles says, well, you're entering a, a new realm, Buffy, one for which I myself am not entirely prepared. Are you ready for this commitment? And Buffy says, I'm just kidding. This Betty's ready. Color me committed. And while she says this, Giles stalls out his car. 
And he's like, oh, I'm not used to the automatic transmission. How do you stall an automatic? I know. I was confused by that. I mean, it might not be a stall. Maybe it just, like, made a weird noise. But, like, I, I didn't know you could stall automatic cars. I don't know really anything about cars, though. <laughs> I think that's the joke. Okay. <laughs> so he okay. says, you know, th- he says that the car seduced him. And Buffy says, yep, little two-door tramp. <laughs> Giles says, well, I was at loose ends. And I found myself searching for some way of feeling more. And Buffy finishes his thought shallow (laughs) and giles says well perhaps as i am to act as your watcher again a modicum of respect might be in order there's going to be far less time for the sort of flighty frivolous don says oh there's willow and tara so giles finishes his thought with oh they haven't seen my new car (laughs) so they pull up to the espresso pump because of course willow and tara are going to the only coffee shop in town Mm -hmm. um and they're heading to the magic shop as well because Willow has charms on back order. Dawn says, Willow's the awesomest person. She's the only one I know who likes school as much as me. Even her friends are cool, like Tara. She and Willow are both witches. They do spells, which is so much cooler than slaying. I told mom one time, I wish they'd teach me some of the things they do together. And she got really quiet and made me go upstairs. I guess her generation isn't cool with witchcraft. <laughs> so this is this opens two possible windows here. So in Buffy versus Dracula, Joyce didn't realize that Tara and Willow were an item. Um, so right. she must have learned in the last day or so that they are. Yeah, how long has it been? Well, I mean, I assume because we met Dawn last episode, it can only have been a couple days, right? I think it, well, I, no, I, I think it's been like a week. So I think a bit later in the episode, they talk about Xander eating spiders last week. Okay, so there you go. So so still like about, yeah, let's say a week has gone by. Somewhere in there, oh. either Joyce found out about Tara and Willow, or she actually does get uncomfortable with witchcraft, as she did back in Gingerbread, but that was a spell for the most right, part. that's a good point. I just, I thought it was interesting because if this were being, uh, if this show were being made today, there wouldn't be this coyness about it, right? It would just be Don would just know that they're gay because that's not a thing to be ashamed of anymore yeah, or and hide, hidden from yeah. your fourteen year old girls. You know, Don would have if if Don were not gay herself, Don would have gay people that she knows at school and gay friends, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is wonderful. Um, so it, it, this is one of those things in which, like, you can see how the show has kind of aged because, of course, back then. Yes, this is totally how this would go down. Yeah, and and also let's note here that Willow and Tara greet Dawn like they've known her. Well, they've basically known her her whole life. Um, obviously not her whole life, but like they're very familiar with her. Willow hugs so her. So even the witches are in on it, right? So it's nothing that they're up to with their with their witchcraft. Yeah, so on their way to the magic shop, um, Buffy is telling Willow about this whole new schedule that she has to do around school. Her and Giles have blocked off time every day for her to do this new Slayer stuff. She's taking it very seriously. And I really love Willow's little excited speech for her here. She's like, Buffy, you got a new work ethic. People got to respect a solid work ethic. Look at you, motivated Buffy, eager to soak up learning. You and I are going to have so much fun this semester. So uh, Willow, I love the enthusiasm for your friend's new uh, mission. That's really, really great. And I also totally agree with you. A good work ethic is very respectable and should be applauded. <laughs> also, I mean, Car, like you and I have good work ethics. So like we're totally here with Willow. Yes, you are very good at taking notes for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for you. I do it for our listeners. I do it for me. Um, Bobby says... Uh, with the whole new training schedule thing, she has to drop a class. And Willow's like, yeah, that's understandable. Totally. Slayer duties come first. And she's like, it's drama, so I can't take it with you. And Willow is like, what? 
but you have to. You promised. And I'm actually confused here, Cara. I know she mentioned in the previous season that she was considering taking drama. I thought that was a joke. I thought that was a, a sick, tasteless <laughs> joke. Um, the fact that she is, is actually... Well, maybe after her dream in Restless. Yeah, but like her nightmare in Nightmares. Like there's so many reasons why I just can't see why she's taking drama. But that's what I'm saying is her dream in Restless, right? She's like, I have to confront my fears from high school. Oh, so she's trying to do like personal growth here. She's trying to like get herself out of her box. Good for her. But I was just like genuinely surprised that Willow, again, what is Willow's major? What is she majoring in? Pussy. <laughs> With honors. <laughs> so um, moving on. Buffy's like Giles says and Willow's like the hell with Giles and Giles is like I can hear you uh, so Willow's bitching about this and Buffy's like what happened to respecting a, worth, a work ethic and Willow's like that's for other people not me and now that as they're having this conversation Tara and Dawn have been looking inside the shop window and Tara says like it's kind of dark in there maybe it's closed and of course they go in and there's a disturbance inside chairs are knocked over glasses smashed and um, Tara's like calling out for Mr. Mr. Bogarty, who is the owner, and Willow walks forward. She's like, well, maybe this happened really late at night when nobody was. And then, boom, she trips over Mr. Bogarty's body. He's been bitten all over his body and is clearly dead. Dawn is like, what is it? Is he okay? And Buffy forces Dawn out of the store. She's like, wait outside. <laughs> she says, I don't want to wait outside. And Buffy's like, Dawn. And she's like, that hurts. <laughs> like... She like roughhouses her outside. Such an immature kid at times, right? Like here and here. Oh, is it is it too soon to talk about Dawn and like the the polarizing effect? Probably. Probably. Uh, maybe at the end of this episode we can talk a bit about yeah. that. But um, so so Dawn's outside and she's trying to like peer through the window at what they're doing as the Scoobies surround the body. A man approaches Dawn and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's he's obviously not right in the head. And he's like, you know, talk about loitering. And at one point he's like, cats in the cupboard, but they find you there anyway. It hurts. Please stop it. Um, shut up, shut up. They'll hear you. And Don tries to shout for Buffy and the guy shushes her. And then he says, I know you, curds and whey. I know what you are. You don't belong here. And Don is very scared and shit shaken by this. Not a great portrayal of mental illness here. No, no, it's not. I'm like, I, like, I, I didn't want to... Because I think it's too soon to really speculate what's going on with this guy. But, like, right. you're right. You're totally right. Um, and we're going to see more of this in this season. So definitely something we're going to be watching. Um, the comment curds and whey is fascinating because in this year's Girl, remember Buffy had a dream where Faith was helping her make the bed. And Faith says something about Little Miss Muffet and Little Sis is coming. So back in mid-season four. We were hinting about something coming this way. And here's our second Little Miss Muffet quote directed toward Dawn. Tara comes outside looking for Dawn, who is sitting on the street, really unsure how this affected Dawn because she chooses not to tell Tara about what happened. Either she forgot about it or uh, or she just wanted to keep that to herself, which is part of her mystery. So Tara sits down next to her and like asks her if she's okay and um, Tara says, they're going to be a little while in there doing the detective thing. Best non-Scoobies like you and me stay out of their way. So they sit for a bit. And then Tara just says, do you want a thumb wrestle? And Don's like, okay. And then they do. So I love it. It's so wholesome. Thank you for being so cool, Tara. Will you be my friend? Aw. I know. She's just really, really 
uh, fuels for Dawn in a lot of ways. Inside the shop, Buffy is telling Giles and Willow that more than one vampire did this. And Giles is like, probably four at least. And Buffy says, someone put together a new fang club. And Willow has cross-checked. She's taken the two minutes it takes to cross-check the entire inventory of the store. Right? Like... I, I had that doubt as well. I'm like, wow, Willow. Like, so not only was Mr. Bogarty clearly very organized, but also like, you you've clearly like looked at everything in the store. <laughs> Maybe she used like a magic inventory spell. Oh, that's probably exactly what she did. Because I was like, there's no way she would even know where to begin with figuring out how many books are missing. Uh, but she says indeed that mostly books are missing, <laughs> including. The treaties on the mythology and methodology of the vampire slayer. So Buffy is a joke, checks her list that Giles gives her and says, oh, shoot, was that the only copy? <laughs> the question is, did they steal the books that Buffy needs after that? <laughs> did she just take them home from there? Um, Giles scolds her. He's like, this could be serious. Whoever's leading the pack of vampires appears to be interested in learning more about you, perhaps searching for weaknesses. And then Giles is looking at this ledger and he's like, good Lord, I had no idea the profit margins on the shop, like on a shop like this were so high. Look at this low overhead, out of state orders, international. It's no wonder there was never any trouble attracting new owners. Place like this is, and Buffy says, death trap. <laughs> And Giles is like, yes, but still, location, pedestrian traffic. And he starts walking around the store with a lot more interest. Uh, Will's like, what's the next step? And Buffy's, uh, Giles says, Buffy should begin looking for their lair right away. And then he's like, impressive square footage like of the store. <laughs> and Buffy says uh, she'll get Riley to help her patrol. And Will's like, are you forgetting something? You're on dawn duty. And Buffy's like, oh, duty. <laughs> Gotta drop my sister back home. My mom's going to kill me. And Giles is like, I bet the death rate keeps the red down. <laughs> so Giles notices that something from the big case is missing. And he's like, something of power or value? And Willow's like, it's a unicorn. Because <laughs> Willow just knows. There's like a diagram of the display case that says exactly where everything was. Yeah, maybe the inventory book says where so, things should be. So you remember, Steph, right? We worked at the art gallery together. There was a gift shop there with all these glass shelves. Yep. And we had to do inventory during the summer, right? But, like, we would move things around. Yeah. And we didn't know what was on every shelf. We changed that display, like, every two days because we would be so bored. We're like, I'm going to do a new display. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Will's just really good at this stuff. Or she's in there so often she just knew a unicorn was in there. So, she says, like, 10-inch ceramic unicorn imported from china list price 12.95 so giles is like what kind of unholy creature values cheap tasteless statuary <laughs> who indeed cut to harmony <laughs> she's in a cave harmony. and she is uh debriefing with her minions because harmony is in charge she says okay Hi. First of all, I want to thank everybody on a really successful raid on the magic shop last night. Good job, minions. <laughs> she applauds them. She says, you deserve it. And then she says, secondly, somebody remembered to pick me up the sweetest little unicorn. And the all, all the other vampires look at one vampire who's wearing like an orange shirt and some khakis or something. Um, and he's kind of cheap. As he's, he's like, what? And Harmony says, Brad. Guess someone was feeling guilty for standing me up in the 10th grade. Because <laughs> it all goes back to high school for these girls. Yes, this must have been a Mitch. 
back in the high school days. Brad defends himself and says, oh, I had to get her something. She sired me. And somebody else says, sire whipped. <laughs> and uh, Harmony says, I looked at the books. I read the book. Ja I skimmed the book jackets. And um, they're really going to help with the plan. And so one vampire raises their hand. Uh, and Harmony's like, um, okay, I can't remember your name. He says, oh, it's Cyrus. Okay, okay. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Tom Lank, is it not? Yes. So he he will figure later on in Buffy as a different character. Um, and we won't say anything else for now. But yes, you are correct. I was so surprised. I was like, I know that person. I know who that is. And like, that's <laughs> it's it was so weird to see him here. So he asks, uh, when are we going to do it? Because he's like, he's not quite a stoner vampire, but he's on the verge of being a stoner vampire. And Harmony says, ew, that's rude. I hardly know you. And you're a minion. Um, and this big bulky minion, who uh, we later discover his name is Mort. He says, he means the plan. When are we going to do the plan? <laughs> and Harmony says, oh, well, first, let me tell you, I'm really psyched about it. <laughs> when? Tonight, she shouts. She loses her patience because she is also a hunter, a creature of the night. She, and the music picks up and she, she says, we kill the Slayer tonight. Is Harmony the big bad of season five? Oh, how amazing would that be if Harmony became the big bad? Maybe not of this season. Like if she were the big bad at the end of season seven, right? I really love Harmony in this episode. Like I love how she's like trying out being a leader being like the manager of this team and you know lots of positive affirmations for the team right like really great job really proud of you guys <laughs> well because she's she's tried to be the anti-spike right she saw how spike led and she doesn't want that for her team so she's trying not to be him and i i think that's great for her i'm loving this for harmony yeah i think this is really great i just love the growth that we're seeing they don't have to do this for harmony at all but they're giving her growth as a villain which i find very interesting so we cut to Joyce scolding Buffy in her in Joyce's bedroom about bringing her sister to a murder scene. And Dawn can hear this entire conversation from her room. And Buffy says, I didn't bring her to it. It just came upon us. It's not like she saw the body or anything. And Joyce is like, well, that makes it all right then, doesn't it? I asked one favor of you, Buffy, to look after your sister. And now you want to unload her so you can so you and Riley can go out. And Buffy is like, to patrol, I'm working. It's not like I want to go to a sock hop. And Joyce is saying, you know, I have the pre-show reception in half an hour, i.e. her legal artwork is arriving <laughs> wherever the meat right? drop-off like places. If she places. actually had a reception, she could just take Dawn with her and park her somewhere. Right? Just like sit by the punch and don't and read. Make Dawn work the coat check. Yeah, like she's, she's 14. You can engage her in illegal child labor. Jo no, Joyce, wherever she stole Dawn from, she doesn't want her to be seen. She needs to stay in the house. <laughs> do, you, do you think Dawn's like... Being with Hank this entire time. Well, that would make a lot more sense if they're like, oh, she just moved when in. When they split up, she, Joyce got Buffy and Hank got Dawn. And he just offloaded her this season. Well, that would definitely give Dawn a lot more reason to be so angsty if she had to hang out this whole time with Hank. <laughs> so so the question is, who's going to watch Dawn? And Dawn's like, from the other room, I don't need anyone to watch me. And they both shout back at her, yes, you do. And I, I honestly, Kara, I'm on on Dawn's side like I know this is Sunnydale but like in any other 14 year old's life she's old enough 
to look after herself at 14 as in like she can stay alone for a couple of hours yeah that's what buffy you know buffy's like i'm gonna get you an acceptable babysitter and then you know i'm gonna go patrol and don's like i don't need a babysitter i'm 14 i'm old enough i can take care of myself i'm with you staff yeah this is uh again i think they're trying to establish that don is immature for her age but still it's just like cut her some slack here but here okay so i'm gonna bring up my first little point about why i think dawn gets on people's nerves and um she didn't get on my nerves this episode and we can talk about that later too but i can see how it it is and it's because like i said before her room seemed very juvenile for her age Mm -hmm. the way she's acting in some cases seems a little bit younger than she should be her being babysat like this like and babied so much um, I had to go and look it up, and I think originally Dawn was supposed to be written to be 12. Uh. But because they really liked Michelle Tra- uh, Trachtenberg, they aged her up. They're like, it's okay for her to be 14. But they didn't seem to like adjust the writing for that. Mm. And that's why like I think she appears more immature than one would think she would be at this age. And why they're babying her a little bit more. Because I-, I agree, I don't like for whatever reason, 12 seems a little bit young to be left alone in a demon-ridden town. But, like, you, you know, like, but 14 is a little bit more acceptable because you're you're either in grade 8 or grade well, 9. they let that kid that Adam killed play by himself <laughs> yes. in the middle of the forest. Right, right. But look what happened to him. So maybe the, the rules have changed since then. <laughs> yeah, those two kids from Gingerbread, right? <laughs> this entire episode is just Joyce traumatized by gingerbread we're finally getting some follow-up of Joyce. because remember at the end of gingerbread you and i were complaining how come joyce and buffy aren't having a conversation where joyce is like i'm sorry for trying to burn you at the stake (laughs) so here it is we're finally getting it in this episode but yeah that's my theory about dawn is like perhaps she's just supposed to be younger but they liked this actress that she so she's older and it's just like a little bit odd I'll also add that this is also classic, like, older sibling having to watch the younger sibling. Like, I know this is not what Joyce is doing. She needs Buffy's help for one night, and apparently she can't do it. That's annoying, because Joyce has a big gallery opening, apparently. But um, parents, like, it's not up to your eldest kid to take care of the younger kid all the time. Although I do understand that she's just, she needs Buffy's help for this one night where she actually has a job and does work. So... Joyce is like, who are you going to get to babysit Dawn on such short notice? And Buffy's just like, Xander. And Joyce is like, Xander? And Buffy ru- and Dawn runs over and she's like, okay. <laughs> All conciliatory. Ooh, somebody's got a crush. Johnny's got a crush. Oh no, and, and it's on Xander, dear God. So the doorbell rings and I. this is so funny. And this is, this is, now this is authentic to i would say a 13 14 15 year old she has dawn has dressed up like she put on like obviously a dress that she thinks is really nice and she did her hair different um because to her it's like oh my god like my crush is coming over with pizza right she's having a date with xander jesus (laughs) so xander is at the door with pizza and um he's like dawn patrol and he makes a joke about the pizza and she giggles and you we can hear dawn's monologue and she's like Xander is so much cuter than anyone <laughs> and smarter too. He totally skipped college and got a job working construction, which is so kind of deep, you know? <laughs> he builds things and he's brave too. Just last week, he went undercover to stop that Dracula guy. 
Oh my goodness. So <laughs> it's a little creepy that we, because we know Xander is Joss Whedon's self-insert. So I think it's a little creepy that Joss Whedon is making Xander the object of Don's affection. I, I think it makes sense. You know, I yeah. think this is probably a pretty common thing is, you know, younger sister crushing on a guy friend of her older sister. Yeah. I see Xander's appeal to Don, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, Joyce leaves. She says, be good. And Xander says, oh, we're going to play with matches, run with scissors, take candy from some guy. I don't know his name. Um, and Don giggles at this. And her voiceover says, Xander treats everyone like an equal. He doesn't look down on people, even when he should. Uh, and we'll get to why she says that line in a moment. But I, I just what I thought about here was the fact that, you know, Xander treats Don like an equal because Xander's just a big kid. Yeah. And um, again, Don likes Willow and Tara and Xander because they treat her not like she's a kid. They treat her like an equal. Right. And that's what she seems to value in Buffy's friends. Whereas Joyce, Buffy and who is she mad about now? Anya. Don't. They very much treat her like a little kid. And I'm trying to put myself back into the headspace of being 13, 14, 15. And it's true. Like you're 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 still a kid. You are. But you're feeling more grown up and you start wanting to be taken more seriously as you start growing into a different kind of identity. And I think that's what she's going through. Another reason why perhaps people get annoyed with her, because that's a really awkward, uncomfortable time in everyone's life, right? So Anya does come in and she's got board games and she's like, hello there, little girl. We are going to have fun, fun, fun. Look, I've got Monopoly, Clue, and ooh, the game of life. <laughs> so, so does Anya know that, sorry, does Dawn know that Anya used to be a demon? Um, and that this is like her first year or second year of being human? It's really hard to know that. It's really hard to know what anyone knows, what, what Dawn knows about anybody and what everyone knows about Dawn, right? Yes. I would imagine just in the way things are going and the way they baby her, they probably kept that information from her. So we cut to Tara and Willow unpacking in a new dorm room. Unclear, Kara, if the dorm room is both of theirs, if the dorm room is just Willow's. I Maybe we'll find out later in the season, but... um. I was really confused as to who's moving in where here. Tara is saying, poor Dawn. She was really shaken up. And Will's like, she'll be okay. And Tara says, I think it's tough for her not being able to um, or allowed to help you guys, the Slayer Circle. And Will's like, I think Dawn's a little young. And Tara says, it's just hard, that outsider feeling. And Willow clues in, right? Because Willow's got emotional intelligence. And she's just like, Tara, you're not an outsider. And Tara says, I kind of am. And Willow says, no, you're not. And Willow's like, if somebody's making you feel uncomfortable, like, is it, is it Xander? I know it's Xander, right? It's definitely Xander. I know. And Tara says Xander's a sweetie. And I guess Tara and Dawn saying that Xander's so cool and so sweet in this episode. I don't know about that. Um, Are we back in Xander's dream? Seriously. Willow's like, it's Giles because he's British. <laughs> Um, Willow, if anyone's going to understand, it's Giles because he used to have crazy orgies with Ethan Rain and all his guy friends. So Tara says, it's no one. You guys all have this tight bond and it's hard to break into that. And I'm not sure I even want to. And Willow hugs her from behind because they're dating, of course. And she says, oh, is that what you do when you're dating somebody? You hug them from behind. Yeah, it's really, really what you it's for sure what you do. Willow says, you're completely one of the gang. Everyone accept, everyone accepts that. You're one of the good guys. Maybe I can talk to the group and we can do something like a kind of Scooby initiation. We can wear special rings that identify us as, as members. 
And Tara says, maybe that's something that would be nice for Dawn. I worry about her sometimes. And Willow says, you don't have to. She's got a big sister, Buffy, happily looking out for her. So it's interesting. I, like, why, why do you think Tara doesn't feel like she's one of the Scoobies? She's been hanging out with them for a year now. Yeah. Um, well, she, she hasn't really been included. She's only really been included when it's involved her in some way um, or when she's needed to help Willow with a spell. Like, she wasn't there for the events of Primeval, right? They, they sent her away to be safe or whatever. Um, she wasn't there in Restless, other than as a, a spirit guide. And, you know, she didn't... She was kind of there for Buffy versus Dracula, but she, she she's not part... You know, she's not participating in everything yet. So I think I can understand that. Um, and there seems to be something else going on here, though, because like when Willow says that and they're they're doing their hugging, you know, Willow can't see Tara's face. And this kind of shadow goes over Tara's face as if there's something that we don't know yet, but she's like thinking about it. Yeah, I think definitely something is going on with Tara where she might be projecting some sort of insecurity, something that's going on with her onto the Scoobies. Because I asked you, like, why, like, why does she feel left out when she's been with them this whole time? And you're right, like, she hasn't been in there for, like, the bigger things. Um, but neither, and neither has Anya. But it doesn't seem to bother Anya and it bothers Tara. So I'm just wondering why she, either she's not trying harder to participate or she's waiting for them to invite her in. But I hope we find out more about that in the next couple episodes because we've been wondering about Tara for a while ever since she botched that spell in uh, Goodbye, Iowa. So maybe Tara conjured up Dawn. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. She conjured up Dawn. So she feels left Tara out together. Is Tara the big bad of this season? I don't know. So we cut to Buffy who's in the cemetery with Riley and she's bitching. She's bitching up a storm about what happened with Dawn and Joyce. And she's like, I see dead stuff all the time and Joyce doesn't shield. And like my mom doesn't shield me. And Riley's like, you don't want your mother to give you space for being the Slayer. And you want her to shield you from it at the same time. Riley's brain is working double time to figure out what Buffy needs from him right now. <laughs> Riley's like that gif of that woman with all the math symbols showing up. <laughs> He's like, I don't compute. I don't understand what you want. And Buffy's like, thank you, logic boy. Did did I mention this is a rant? Se uh, there's, sense has no place in it. And Riley's like, yeah, you seem tense. And it's true because Buffy gets spooked by like a trash can, right? So, so Riley says it again, like, yeah, you're really tense. Domestically tense. He says that she's on Dawn's case a lot. And Buffy's like, I know it's always been this way. She's the baby. But for some reason lately, it's just really got getting to me. She's always around. It hasn't always been this way, Buffy. It's only been this way for a week. This is what I mean. This is why I like, this is the part where I was like, what an interesting thing for Buffy to say because lately it's bothering her as in like the last week because dawn is a new presence in buffy's life and i personally think that this is buffy's slayer senses kicking in again oh i like it because sometimes they do that right and she's like something's off but like this is my sister I'm, it's very normal for me to be annoyed with her but for some reason this week particularly it's really bad like i really don't like this right and riley says well you're like her idol buffy and buffy's like I don't think so unless you spill things on, on your idol's new leather pants. <laughs> and I was like, no, Buffy, no. The, the, the pink ones are the red ones. <laughs> so Riley says, you have superpowers in college, a steadily yet sensitive boyfriend. And Buffy's like, a pesky life or death job that I can't quit or take a break from. 
And Riley's like, well, she doesn't get the sacrifices because she's a kid. And I will say, like, I actually really got what Riley was saying in this episode. I actually like Riley in this episode because he's sympathizing a lot with Don. Yeah. And it makes me think, like, is Riley the younger sibling in his household, perhaps? That's a a great... Well, if only the show ever gave us any backstory to Riley other than he's a corn-fed Iowa boy. If only we got a trip to Iowa just once to meet his family. But... I agree with you. You're right. Um, Riley does come off really well in this episode. So there you go, listeners. Ruffy for life. Ooh, I felt dirty. That felt gross rolling off my tongue. (laughs) 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 So so, um, Buffy says, that's what bugs me. Like she gets to be a kid and she acts like it's the biggest burden in the world. Sometimes I would like to curl up in my mom's lap and not worry about the fate of the world. I want to be the one who's protected. And oh my God, this, when you just, when you've seen this season before and when Buffy says this, I was like, huh, like, (laughs) oh man, we'll have to come back and revisit this conversation much later. Yeah. But before she ends the scene, she says, I want to be someone who's protected, who's waited on, dot, dot, dot. And then we cut to Dawn saying, hand and foot, getting her own way. Always the favorite. <laughs> and Xander, you know, he has to defend his girl Joyce. He's like, no, you're not. Mom, your mom loves you both equally. But if I'm wrong, I find money usually helps tip the scale. Slip Joyce a 10 or 20 once in a while. Then we'll see who's the favorite. So they're playing the game of life. Steph, have you ever played the game of life? Mm, I don't think so. Maybe when I was really young. I I played it once or twice. Um, and then I also had like a computer version of it. Because I don't know if you remember this, but like... There was a a span of years back in the early 2000s, probably around this time, when uh, they were putting cheap computer games on CD-ROMs on cereal boxes, like inside a cereal box. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so some of them were like, I remember I had like Disney theme, like a Disney themed, um, like stationary making game. Like it was like a... You could, like, create cards and stuff using Disney characters. It was actually pretty oh, sweet. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? I thought you'd be into that. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but I also, I remember getting a game, a CD-ROM version of the Game of Life in a cereal box. Oh. <laughs> Random fact. Nice. That's awesome. So, Don's eating ice cream. They're playing the Game of Life. Um, and Don's voiceover diary says, he says I'm like a kid sister, but sometimes when he looks at me, I feel like he sees me as I am. As a woman. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, this is so so 14-year-old girl, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And her face is covered in ice cream because she's a child. When you're 14, you're just a little child. And um, But what you feel, like I said before, you feel grown up. You feel like you're an adult. Well, and that's also the age, right, where uh, you start to realize that you do have kind of that power over the boys who are attracted to women, right? Mm -hmm. Like... There's something, for better or worse, because I know our society really fucks up uh, girls when it comes to their sexuality. But, like, you know, you start to realize it. You start to carry that in yourself. So, yeah, she's covered in ice cream. Anya says, crap, look at this. Now I'm burdened with a husband and several tidy pink children. More cash than I could reasonably manage. (laughs) And Xander says, that means you're winning. (laughs) Uh, Which I don't like his tone here, how he's, again, like, rude to Anya. Yeah. Anya says, really? I'm so pleased. And then she holds up her tiny pink children. And she says, 
can I trade in the children for more cash? <laughs> That's, that might be my favorite line in, like in this whole episode. And this is a great episode. There's some great lines in this episode. Mm-hmm. But just the way that Emma Caulfield delivers that line. So happy she's a series regular. I will add that my favorite line in the episode is not a line at all. And it's happening right after she says this. <laughs> it's it's actually a written note. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's fair. So um, before Xander can make a ruling on whether or not we are allowed to sell our children in the game of life, uh, a rock breaks the window. And uh, there's a note tied to it. So Xander unwraps the note as you do. And the note says, Slayer, come out and die. But there's a happy face above the eye and die. <laughs> it's like written in lipstick or crayon or something like that. Um, and then, so funny. <laughs> and then Harmony's voice comes in through the broken window and says, I'm waiting for you, Buffy. <laughs> and sure enough, her gang are outside and Harmony is impatiently saying, I know you're in there, which... <laughs> Do you, Harmony? <laughs> I feel like your plan's hinging on some variables here. You have it accounted for. <laughs> Slayer, come out and die, happy face. So uh. we cut to her on the front stoop. Xander has the door open. He's leaning casually against the door frame because, of course, you know, she can't come in to the house uninvited. And she's saying, what do you mean she's not in there? She has to be. I'm calling her out. And she's so like, this is so like high school. Like, I'm the boss bitch. How dare you defy me kind of thing. Um, And Xander says, well, I bet she'll be real sorry that she missed your call. Afraid you and your buddies will have to come back and be killed by Buffy later. (laughs) Harmony says, they're not my buddies. They're my minions. You know, lackeys, they work for me. And Xander laughs he like he he breaks out laughing and he says oh look out it's the terrifying harmony gang Ooh. <laughs> and harmony tries to get in but the the bar- barrier stops her from getting in um and xander says I, I just can't picture anyone pathetic enough to be following is that brad koenig <laughs> hey brad who'd have thought that when you were beating up kids in gym class you'd end up harmony's lapdog and Brad calls out from, like, they're all kind of lined up standing, you know, a few meters away from, from them. Brad's like, screw you, Harris. I love that so much. <laughs> screw you, Harris. Well, there, there's a hierarchy here, right? Like, Xander <laughs> gets looked down on by the college kids. But he gets looked down on the people who never even, you know, stayed home from college because they became vampires. <laughs> Xander looks down on the demons, <laughs> for sure. So Harmony says... um, You should know all about being somebody's lapdog. I hear you were a good little puppy for Dracula. And Xander takes umbrage to this. He says, well, you heard wrong. And Armony says, don't feel bad. I hear that mind control thing he does works really well on weak, fraidy cat losers. You didn't stand a chance. She has such a good delivery of that. She's like, weak, fraidy cat losers. And it like really digs under his skin. Yeah, it's the the enunciation. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I love. It's it's the best of high school bully harmony. Yeah. Because last time we saw Harmony, she was, you know, like dealing with the fallout from her relationship with Spike. And she was a little bit lost. And now this is Harmony, boss-ass bitch Harmony, and I'm here for it. So... Um, Dawn has been hiding behind Anya this entire time and she kind of peeks her head out and she's like shut up uh, and Xander says Dawn I'm handling this 
And then he turns and he says, shut up, Harmony. <laughs> I don't feel like getting into another hair pulling contest with you, which, of course, is a reference to what happened last time Harmony was in town. Ah, uh, yes. Um, they had the epic boss fight. <laughs> Harmony says, you're the hair puller, you big girl. And Don says, oh, yeah, come inside and say that. Mm. And Anya says, Don, no. And that's when Harmony puts on her vamp face and she can now come inside. And she tackles Xander, who goes down. And Don screams and runs up the stairs. Great work just abandoning them, Don. Seriously. Uh, And Anya runs, you know, down the hallway. The other vampires try to come into the house, but they're blocked. Uh, and Xander shouts at them, kind of crowing at them. He's like, you know, the invitation was for one. Meanwhile, Harmony's straddling him, about to bite him. And Anya's looking for a weapon. And she's like, you think in a slayer's house, there would be weapons lying around. But all she can find is a lamp. Joyce is going to be pissed. She just put the house back in order from Faith and Buffy just trashing the first floor. Well, can we also keep count of how many times that front window gets broken? Good point. Right? This is. I think this is the second time... Or third time, third time in my memory, um, Buffy throws Angel through it in season one. Dead Man's Party, it gets trashed. Yeah. So I think this is the third time. Poor window. Mm. And the the window company in Sunnydale must be just making bank. Oh, Joyce must be sleeping with the owner of that company just to get cheaper (laughs) deals. (laughs) That's where she is tonight. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. So... um, so Harmony's saying, not such a pushover anymore, am I? And she's punching Xander. <laughs> um, she says, I've been working out, learning some new tricks, honing my instincts. So Anya's about to hit Harmony over the head with a lamp, but Harmony reacts to this. She knocks Anya back, knocks her over, but Xander manages to push Harmony out of the house, close the door, they lock the door. Harmony says, this isn't over, Xander. I'll be back. And Xander says to the window, we'll be ready for you. Stakes, crosses, the whole enchilada. Uh, and then he turns to Anya uh, and he says, Buffy is not going to be happy about this. <laughs> but Buffy is killing herself laughing about this. <laughs> so Buffy and Riley are back from patrolling. They're in Buffy's kitchen. And like she's fucking, I've never seen Buffy laugh like this. Ever. The cuts in this episode are really good. The way they just keep cutting from scene to scene with those transitions. Yeah, it's really, really, um, it, it flows really well together. So so she's laughing because Harmony has minions, right? And Xander's trying to tell her something serious happened, right? Uh, he says, she she came here to kill you. And that cracks Buffy up even more. And <laughs> I laughed during this scene yeah. because they were laughing. Yeah, and Riley's laughing too. Riley doesn't know Harmony, but he he just, I like this again. I, lo- I think Riley's endearing in this episode because he clearly just loves that Buffy's happy. Like Buffy's laughing, so Riley's laughing. And and Riley says, come on, Buffy. Like they, they have killed once that we know of, so. So, you know, she could be a threat to you. And Anya's like, yeah, especially now that she can enter your house whenever she wants. And of course, that shuts Buffy right up. And Xander says, Harmony kind of happened to get an invite. And Buffy's like, well, you guys can't invite her in. Only someone who lives here. And then she's like, where is she? And Anya says, in her room. And I think she's still pretty freaked out. And Buffy's like, Dawn! And Xander says, it was an accident. She didn't mean it. And Buffy says, well, that makes it okay then, doesn't it? And Xander says, nobody feels worse than her right now. So Riley's been coming to Dawn's defense this entire episode. Xander obviously has a mutual respect thing with Dawn. So, of course, he would come to her, her defense as well. But Anya 
I'm surprised that yeah, she's I really the liked one. It. Yeah, she's the one that says, hey, like maybe lay off her, right? I find that really interesting. So when Xander says nobody feels worse than her right now, Harmony's walking through the cemetery with her minions and she's feeling worse. She's saying, uh, what a total disaster. My first plan. I so wanted it to go well. Plus, I didn't even get to kill stupid Xander Harris. God, that was so embarrassing. And uh, Mort is like, we'll go back later. And Harmony's like, no, it's no good. Buffy's going to expect us now. The whole surprise is blown. And Tom Lank, his stomach is growling. So they really want to eat something or go back to the lair. And Brad is like, the night is young and I want some action. And he gets sucker punched from the side by Spike, <laughs> who says, happy to oblige. Here I thought I was gonna be, it was going to be a slow night. Step on up, kitties. Thrashings for all. So... I didn't realize that Spike was like literally out hunting other demons. I thought he just like if he came across them, he would fight them. Well, may- maybe he is, right? Maybe he was out, you know, grabbing some blood, grabbing some cigarettes. And then he, he came across this gang and he's like, yeah, you know, I'll kill him. Maybe Buffy will be around and she'll be impressed by how big and strong I am. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but Harmony comes up. She's like, stop. And she's like, spiky. I mean, Spike. <laughs> and Spike's like, long time. You look good. And she's like, I feel good. And Spike says, I remember. <laughs> um, she asks how he's been. And he's like, not bad. Just got a brand new telly in my crypt. Um, Mort's like, I know who he is. He kills our kind. And Harmony's like, yeah, what's up with that? Spike says, uh, bloke's got to have a hobby, doesn't he? Piss off, Mort. Harmony pulls Spike to the side so they can have a little conversation and spike is surprised that harmony has her own gang now and harmony is like they're gonna kill the slayer and spike is like okay you're singing my song now right you might want to pay royalties for me and harmony says she's not gonna make the same mistakes that spike made she's she's done her homework she's read books and stuff (laughs) (laughs) well skimmed the jackets (laughs) yeah 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 she skimmed the jackets um and spike's like evil for dummies look at you all puffed up and mighty thinking you're the new big bad it's adorable and harmony's like you can't stand the fact that i'm my own person now there comes a time in every woman's life when she realizes she needs to take the next step and i've taken it i've found the real me and i like her good for you harmony good for you and i don't think she's incorrect in saying that spike can't stand the fact that she's her own person now no although i will say the next logical step in harmony's evolution is to join an mlm yes absolutely that's that's actually the the next episode <laughs> like she's gonna be hawking the vampire equivalent of nutriboost or um you know like avon you know she's gonna be like oh. you can unlock the power of your radiant inner vampire <laughs> She was probably the first girl um, part of that Nexium <laughs> cult. <laughs> Vampire Nexium. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. She's going places, that's for sure. Spike says, I hope you will be very happy together. In the meantime, save Slayer Slayin' to the professionals. And Harmony says, Buffy will be dead by sunrise. I've got a plan. And Spike's like, let me guess. Snatch one of her friends, use them as bait, lead her into a trap. And Harmony's like, no, a much, much better one. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. And Spike's like, okay, best of luck. Um, let me know how this arch villain thing works out for you. So he starts to go and Harmony yells after him like, I'll do that. And after Buffy's gone, I'll kill everyone in this town that was ever mean to me. And Spike just like waves. Yeah, he's like, okay, bye. And then Harmony turns to her crew and she's like, guys, a new plan. <laughs> I also just want to point out Spike being abusive to Harmony again. Not here for it. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm sure we could overlook it in saying that, well, he's a demon and she's a demon and that's how the demons treat each other. But I don't want to look at it like that. I choose to also look at it and say, like, Spike, fucking asshole. <laughs> like, stop abusing her. Thank you. Buffy is packing her weapons bag in her room and Riley and Xander are in there with her. And Riley is saying, you know, it's a lot of weapons for someone who you weren't sweating 20 minutes ago. And Buffy's like, yeah, that was before Dawn gave Harmony a backstage pass to kill us all in our sleep. And it's so funny that Buffy in season five, episode two, is more worried about Harmony coming in at nighttime than she was in season two when Angelus was just strolling in, <laughs> drawing them willy-nilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Xander says Willow's coming to do the uninvitation spell, right? She probably still has the stuff from last week. And then it'll be a Fortress of Solitude again. It's going to be all better. And Buffy's like, no, not all better. It's not like Dawn hasn't grown up in this house knowing all the rules, especially the biggie number uno one. Do not invite blood-sucking dead people into our home. Now, when we said earlier, like, does Dawn know that Anya is an ex-demon? Well, th this is why it gets confusing, because Buffy's saying Dawn grew up here. She should know the rules. But Buffy, you only came out to Joyce yes. two seasons ago. Thank you. I had the exact same reaction when this line came up. I'm just like, it's been two years. Dawn's only had two years knowing that you're the Slayer, Buffy. Unless, are you saying that Dawn's presence has rewritten things so that Joyce knew you were... What? what? That's what I'm saying. So like, it's a little bit confusing, but I also think this adds to the, the idea that um, perhaps Dawn was supposed to be younger, right? Because if she found it at 10 and then she's 12 years old and she made this mistake, mm. I get that. But I actually right. do agree with Buffy in a lot of ways in this episode where she's like, I was also 15 or, you know, 15, 16 when I, when I saw my first vampire. I've been doing this since I was young too. Because Dawn is only at 14 a year younger than Buffy was when she got called. True. So I think if she was 12 years old, this would have made, this would have been a lot easier to get about why they treat her this way, right? What do we think Dawn thought of Pike? <laughs> Dawn definitely would. Well, would she have met Pike is the question. I'm sure she would have thought he was dreamy like the rest of us did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Dawn for sure would have loved Angel because who wouldn't? So, um, so Buffy says, I would never have Harmony over even when she was alive. <laughs> Burn. And, and Dawn is listening to this at the door. Dawn's dropping some eaves. And this is classic. This is so classic of Dawn to listen in. And then she, you know she's going to leave at the wrong time, just like everyone who eavesdrops does. And Xander says, people slip, Buffy. Your mom did. <laughs> this is such a good point. She invited the master, I mean, Dracula for coffee. Bader. And Buffy's like, that was different. She, she, you know, she was lonely and she didn't know he was he was a vampire. <laughs> Buffy's like, my mom was horny as fuck, Xander. Xander Get off it. You know she was high, Xander. You know that. He came at right at 7:30 p.m. when she has her edibles right she, before dinner. She thought he was the delivery guy <laughs> with her skip the dishes order. Oh, Asian House hired a new delivery man. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, Buffy says, Dawn knew exactly what Harmony was when she rolled out the welcome mat for her. And Riley, again, Riley defends and says, she's just a kid. And of course, Dawn doesn't like that. Dawn's like, ugh. I'm surprised she didn't Riley. shout, I'm not a kid. <laughs> right? Dawn, Riley's defending you here. Dawn. Um, so Buffy says, 
Well, everyone stopped saying that. I was just a kid when I first when I met my first vampire, but somehow I still managed to remember the rules. So this is what I'm saying, right? Like Buffy wasn't that much older than Dawn is right now when she met her first one. So I think Buffy is feeling resentment. A, as the older sister who always has to look after and think about the safety of her younger sister. Buffy has been feeling burdened since she was 15 years old. This is just this magical week or whatever's happening with this new sister is adding to her plate. And she feels that. And it's bothering her more this week, obviously, because it's new. We know it's new. She doesn't. But it's adding to her plate of worries and responsibility. And also, everyone is so quick to be like, poor Dawn, poor Dawn, poor Dawn. She feels like nobody did that for her. Like, poor Buffy, poor Buffy, poor Buffy. Instead, it was just like, you are the slayer. You are the chosen one. Do your job. So Riley says, that was your job to do. Like, exactly right. That's your job. And Buffy's like, no, that was common sense. Nobody expects even that much from Dawn, do, do they? No, they, they, she has to be protected and coddled for the, from the big bad world. We are doing nothing but turning her into a little idiot that's going to get us all killed. So that was harsh, right? And that's when Dawn leaves. It was harsh, but she also has a point, like you were saying. It's like, if your sister's the slayer, like you got to be prepared. People are going to come for you. Yeah, exactly. And they've only met her a week ago, so they have no time to like really train her up. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Buffy has a point. I think it's just her delivery was very harsh, right? Like, oh, she's just a little idiot. Well, that that's how Buffy gets when she's upset, right? Like, Buff, I think we've all learned, right? Buffy is not great at communication. <laughs> and also, that's how older, that's how siblings get when they're upset. They just, yes. just say whatever, yeah. and then five minutes later, you're besties. So Buffy does calm down after that, right? And she says, she just needs to be more careful. I can't be there to protect her 24 hours a day. I just can't. So this is a really good insight into Buffy as well. And just like any, any like if this could be an older sibling, this could be a friend, this could be a parent. Sometimes you lash out when you're scared, right? You're worried. And some people take it out in, in anger, in what, like the way that Buffy's doing here right just like ranting getting it all out and then being like i'm just worried about you like i just i just want you to be okay when i'm not here right something less to worry about so i'm sorry i know that buffy called her a little idiot and that's really rude but dawn runs right out the house right now (laughs) i know it's so bad (laughs) so (laughs) and she runs right past anya out the back door and anya's like don't dawn like she's useless but i don't blame her for that this, this is the thing. It's like, I'm sorry, Dawn, but you're not doing yourself any favors because you did invite Harmony in and all you had to do was say sorry. And then go to your room and just let Buffy deal with it. And I think that's another reason why Buffy is upset. If Dawn came to her and said, I fucked up, I'm sorry, that's a different story. But again, Buffy's right. People are coddling her. Like, oh, she's a no better. She's just a little kid. Buffy's like, fuck that. She's not that young. <laughs> so another reason why people probably get frustrated with Dawn. And then, yeah, so she runs outside. She's crying. She's upset. Anya's trying to get her back in. And then, of course, they get attacked by vampires. Anya gets punched so hard, she flies into the house and lands on the ground. And the vamps take Dawn away. Yeah. And so Anya got knocked out. She got giles Oh, love it. (laughs) Um, So we cut to everybody finding Anya on the floor. So Riley, he's like, oh, you know, this head wound looks really serious. We should get her to a hospital right away. Again. I'm so shocked. Like, Riley's really good in this episode. He's the first person to take all this head trauma seriously. Yeah, he's like, we should definitely get this looked at, for sure. So, meanwhile, Anya is coming to, and she says, Dawn, she ran out. They took her. Vampires. (laughs) And Buffy's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Like, take care of Anya. She runs out. How does she find them? 
I guess we'll find out in a second because first we go to Harmony's lair where she's like, nice work, Minionators. <laughs> I'm really proud of you guys. Mort, I trust you made our guest comfortable. And Mort said, he, yeah, I tied her to the wall, like you said. And she's like, yeah, I know. I was just being sarcastic or whatever. <laughs> anyway, she's like, I'm feeling really good about the plan. I think it's a winner. And uh, Tom Lank, a.k.a. Cyrus, is like, what do we what, like? When do we eat the girl? <laughs> and Harmony's like, we don't. Not yet. That's not the plan. Do I have to go over the plan again? We use the sister's bait. We send Buffy a note. <laughs> okay. Remember in she when she was bad, the vampires did exactly this. They're going to run out of notes. Or oh, sorry, they're going to run out of <laughs> they're rocks. Gonna run out of good rocks to chuck through windows. <laughs> they're going to they're going to run out of windows to break. <laughs> Bring this lair. Come alone. It's always the same thing. Uh, so Harmony says, we send Buffy a note saying um, we have her sister and she has to come alone to a place we choose. She comes, we jump her, we kill her. And Mort says, so it doesn't matter if we're actually holding the sister slayer or not. Just, um, just as long as she thinks we are, she's she'll fall into the trap. And the other vampires are saying like, yeah, it won't make any difference if we eat the girl. And Harmony's like, we're not eating the girl. <laughs> and they're like, why not? And she's like, because that's not the plan. So... Again, I was like, why doesn't Harmony want to eat Dawn? And it's definitely not because she feels bad for Dawn. It's it's more that, like, Harmony just wants to be the one who makes all the decisions. She wants to be the ultimate leader. Absolutely. Yeah, she wants to rule with an iron fist. Well, and she doesn't have a plan, right? Like, she is making it up as she goes along right now. And so the fact that they suggested it, like you said, um, means that she can't say yes because then she's like, I'm going to look weak if I give in to my minions, mm -hmm. right? So she she automatically has to take the opposite side, which is probably not the best way to lead. And we're, we're seeing this is why, Harmony, you need to read more than the book jacket. <laughs> um, well, we find out how, how Buffy finds out where Harmony is because she goes and beats up on Spike to get the information. She She runs into his crypt and punches him and she's like, I don't have time for banter, Spike. Where's Harmony's lair? And Spike's like, I haven't seen her for months. How should I know? And she punches him again. And is like, where is she? And Spike's like, lay off the nose, would you? And then he he caves in, right? He says like, she's in a cave in the north woods about 40 meters past the overpass construction site. So Buffy just punches him again <laughs> and and leaves. And he was like, I'll tell you the truth. And she's like, yeah, I know. And she just, she goes... Harmony is ranting to Dawn, right? She's she's letting it all out to Dawn about how hard leadership is. She's like, they don't respect me. They pretend they do, but deep down, they think I'm nothing. I'm the one who put the group together, me, and they treat me like I don't even matter. Do you have any idea what that feels like? And Dawn's like, a little. And she's tied up and scared, but she's like having a combo. And Harmony's like, they have no idea the pressure I'm under. I have to make all the hard decisions. And it's hard! <laughs> so... The vampire minions come in and Mort says, we've been talking it over and we don't like this plan. The one minion says, except for Brad, he abstained. Ooh, sire whipped. <laughs> and Harvey's like, you've got a plan you like better. And Mort's like, we're going to feed on the girl and kill you. Maybe not in that order. And Harmony's like, I don't think I like your attitude, Mort. Kill him for me, she says to the other ones. And no one moves, right? So Harmony starts to panic. And they, they keep advancing on her. And she's like, this isn't fair, okay? So, like, things haven't been perfect. I just need a little more time to grow into my leadership role. <laughs> and, um... Mort grabs her and she she whimpers. Tom Lank, aka Cyrus, approaches Dawn and she's like, touch me and my sister's going to kill you. 
and he pokes her and then they all laugh evilly of course because they're like ha 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 and then cyrus gets staked from behind because buffy's indeed there he gets he gets shot by a crossbow bolt so you know I, I don't know. When was the last time we saw the crossbow actually working for Buffy? It must be her new Slayer training. Oh, good point. Yeah. So so Buffy is there. She's like, well, I can't can't say she didn't warn you. So Buffy tells Dawn to close her eyes. And Harmony's like, I love this. Harmony's like, Slayer, at last we meet. <laughs> and Buffy's like, we've met Harmony, you half-wit. And Harmony's like, excuse me, but look who's fallen into my... But then the, the vampires don't wait for this. They attack Buffy, and she stakes one immediately. And then she beheads well, Brad. <laughs> because they come at her one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> like, one attacks her, she kills him. The next one attacks her, she kills him. It's just like, come on. At least rush her all at once. I'm not surprised that Harmony didn't find very good minions, you know, um, and didn't train them up. So Harmony is like finishes her, sent- her sentence and she's like, trap. And Buffy says, Harmony, when you tried to be a head cheerleader, you were bad. When you tried to chair the homecoming committee, you were really bad. But when you try to be bad, you suck. And uh, Mort has been approaching Buffy from behind and Dawn shouts, look out. So Buffy and Mort start fighting. Harmony takes off, the smartest thing she did all, all episode. And after quite a taxiing fight, because Mort's so big, Buffy manages to stake him and dust him using one of Harmony's unicorns. <laughs> so again, I just always marvel at the way Buffy uses the things around her, how resourceful she is. Um, Buffy takes an axe and she brings it to Dawn and she's like, you are going to be in so much trouble when we get home. And she starts to chop the chains in half. And Dawn is like, well, I'm telling mom you slayed in front of me. And Buffy's like, fine. Then I'm telling her you ran away. Uh, oh, sorry. You ran out of the house in the middle of the night. And every time she makes a point, she like hits the, the chain. She's like, you got Anya hurt. You invited a vampire in, got kidnapped. And then like, <laughs> and then we, we cut to the next scene, which is um, the girls entering the kitchen. And Joyce is just coming home from the front door. And she's like, sorry, it ran so late. Is everything, everything go okay? And Buffy looks at Dawn and we're like, oh, is she going to snitch? And Buffy says, yeah, I got the vamps. And then we watched TV. And Joyce is like, well, "Well, one of you is supposed to be in bed by now. So Dawn kisses Joyce goodnight and leaves. And um, Buffy starts to ask her mom about the exhibit. So this is also classic sibling. Like this is a really good setup for these two, really, because we saw the the sibling bickery and the rivalry the whole episode. Mm -hmm. But here, siblings do this. Like you do, you might be fighting like cats and dogs. You might hate each other, but you aren't going to, snitch on to on each other to mom and dad over this you're gonna agree it's a secret between the two of you until someone brings it up at your wedding or something you know oh (laughs) so we cut to dawn's diary entry right where she's like buffy probably would have gotten in way more trouble than me anyway but i guess it was pretty okay of her to not say anything to mom and then uh, we cut to the next day um buffy dawn and giles are in the magic shop and dawn is thinking in her head like in her diary right anya's gonna be okay and xander wasn't mad at me so stuff mostly worked out buffy is asking giles if he's sure most magic shop owners at sunnydale have the life expectancy of a spinal tap drummer have you ever run a store before do you get that reference stuff no history with Kara. <laughs> So that is a reference to a mockumentary called This is Spinal Tap. It was a movie covering a fake, fictitious band called Spinal Tap. 
And um, the one of the ongoing jokes throughout the movie is that they keep going through drummers. Um, their drummers constantly drum too hard and spontaneously combust. <laughs> really? Yes. Interesting. I like that. Um, interesting little pop culture reference there. So Giles says he knows because he ran a library for so long. Um, it'll give him focus. This will help increase his resources. But like, Giles, I thought you were just like endlessly rich. And he says it'll prevent you lot from trampling around my flat at all hours. And then he says there might even be a space in the back for a gym or for Buffy to train. So this is a ridiculously quick turnaround for probate and everything, right? It's been like, even if it's been a couple of days, like, how did Giles get possession of this store so quickly? I don't know. He must have put in an offer they couldn't refuse. I personally love that the writers chose to make Giles the store owner of the magic shop. I think it's brilliant. Oh, it's, brilliant. it's so it's good. It's so good. And it's such a good, they did such a good job on that set design. Mm-hmm. Like for the rest of the season, the lighting is just so much better than, like Giles' house is nice, but like it, it's, it brings us back to that library feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like a space for just them usually where they are. And it makes actually more sense to have it in a private store as opposed to a big library. But I really love that they brought this in. It was really, really uh, well done. Well, and it does also open them up to, they, you know, somebody can walk in. Just like Cordelia used to wander into the library all the time. Uh, usually against her will. She had a paper to write or something and she wanted to know if the world was going to end. Mm. But... You know, you you couldn't quite have that with Giles's house. Of course, he did leave the door unlocked all the time. So <laughs> it's just it's a it, yeah. It, it, the setting has a lot more potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Buffy is saying, um, "How bored were you last year?" Right? And Giles is like, uh, "I watched Passions with Spike. Let's ne- let's never speak of it." And Buffy laughs and follows him into the back area. But she comes back a couple times. The first time she comes back to tell Don, "Don't break anything." And then she comes back again and says, just don't touch anything. And then she comes back a last time and says, what you're doing right now? Not moving? Good. Keep doing that. So Dawn's last diary entry is not that Buffy's really changed at all. Not like she ever would. She still thinks I'm a little Miss Nobody. Just her dumb little sister. Boy, is she in for a surprise. Cut to black. So is is Dawn evil? Like, are we going to find out? Does she have a plan or something? Well, yeah, like you're in for a surprise. Like, who is this girl? Like, yeah, so again, like, it's so weird having Dawn here. It's so weird having her in the group, having her interact with everybody like she's always been there. How long is this going to last? Is this like a whole season thing? Is this just a couple episode arc, you know? There's a lot of questions around this, and I can only imagine how annoying this must have been for like people back in the day who, like you said, had to watch it once a week. (laughs) We're like, what is happening? What I want to say, um, I'm not annoyed by Dawn in this episode. I Like, obviously, we were, like, laughing that she was making a lot of weird choices. Um, and I think she acts younger than she's supposed to be or, like, what, how a 14-year-old would act. I'm not sure. But um, I, I really like the throwback to what it's like being that age. I think they wrote her really well in terms of her diary entries and having that look into her brain that way. I like her. I'm, I'm intrigued to see more of her at this point agreed i also just think it's a very well-written episode i love that we got to see harmony again she's so good um and just the way the episode's paced like there's not really a dull moment here the one thing i will point out is we didn't see tara and willow again for the rest of the episode oh, true what were they busy doing that night well, that's what, like did they move in together i'm confused, I'm confused. I did they like did they have to break in that new bed 
I would hope so. I mean, maybe that's what the next episode will tell us. They were doing spellcraft. Yeah, that's what they were <laughs> yeah, doing. Of course, of course. Uh, who's your hero? I'm going to say Xander and Anya for the way that they kind of like managed the situation, took care of Dawn, stuck up for her. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I'll, I'll throw Riley into the mix as well. I liked... <sighs> The sympathy. We well, if we have to, we have to. I, I liked the sympathy All the three right. of them gave to this child. Like four, like she's fourteen, and we're saying she should be acting older than she is. But fourteen is still really young. You're still a kid. They and they give her allowances for being young, and I think that's okay. Cool. Uh, we got our hot stakes as usual. So our our first hot stake is from Dana, who just wanted to point out about Buffy versus Dracula. The actor who played Dracula also played alongside Sarah Michelle Gellar in uh, All My Children in the 1990s, which I've never watched All My Children, so I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen it, Steph. No, I haven't. Yeah, so apparently um, Sarah Michelle Gellar plays a character named Kendall. He played a character named Anton, and they had a little bit of a thing. Um, so cool. Thanks for the trivia. <laughs> um, our next one's from Nomi. Um, and they wanted to talk about faith and psychosis. As faith is written, she displays literally none of the criteria for psychosis, which are hallucinations, delusions, confused and disturbed thoughts. It is also common for psychosis to be accompanied by an extreme feeling of anxiety. It is uncommon for a person experiencing psychosis to be violent. And when it does happen, the primary risk is self-harm. I know many people who experience psychos- psychosis is varying degrees, um, in varying degrees as a part of their daily lives and mostly it's unlikely to be seen in their behavior even if it's the point of causing a great deal of anxiety to the person and because of the extreme societal stigma attached to psychosis they often don't even talk about it with their family or close friends so i believe nomi's bringing this up because of all the characters in season four who were saying there's a psychotic girl we're dealing with a psychotic year so this is just confirming Um, from Nomi's experience that um, Faith doesn't display these characteristics of someone who has psychosis. Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? Is, you know, we throw these words around all the time, even when people are like, oh, you know, I'm so OCD about things. It's like, no, you're not really. Um, To quote Inigo Montoya, it's like, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. (laughs) Finally, we have Melalani, who wanted to talk about Joss Whedon, Um, and the topic of abuse and the connections with Xander um, and as we see in Restless. So they say, uh, throughout the show, we get vague references to Xander's dysfunctional family life. And in Restless, we get a slightly more specific picture of an abusive father. I've had the theory for quite some time that Joss possibly grew up in a home like this. And in the interview Joss did with Vulture uh, this past January, he's even quoted as saying regarding his parents, If you weren't funny or entertaining or agreeing with them, they would cut you down or turn to stone. Um, So, of course, we know that Xander's being a self-insert. So, Melalani says, um, here's where I get on my soapbox and say, I absolutely believe that Joss Whedon was abusive to, you know, many people he's worked with. I've worked with a few directors, they say who will be so personable, so charming, so warm and welcoming right up until some button of theirs is pressed and then it's hello, ugly rage monster. So none of this is to give him sympathy or even understanding. 
Uh, it's a cautionary tale of trying to be a leader and having power over others when you haven't figured out what your emotional issues might be. Also, art can be therapeutic uh, and is used in therapeutic modalities, but it is not in and of itself therapy, attempting to work your shit out through art without supervision. When other people's livelihoods and well-being are on the line, is not okay. Um, and they conclude with, I hope that Joss is getting the help he needs now, as was alluded to in that Vulture interview, but I don't think we need any more art from him. Ooh, Ooh well done. I feel like uh, Melalani should have joined us in Joss Whedon on trial. <laughs> yeah, we had a good convo there. So thanks for bringing that back up. Go listen to Joss Whedon on trial, everybody, if you haven't. Uh, Becoming Buffy joined us for that. And we, yeah, it's interesting. We talked a lot about that interview. Um, and finally, shout out to new Buy Me A Coffee supporter, Riley. Thank you for supporting us. Riley Finn? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it is, uh, but you know we appreciate everybody who's giving us money, and we appreciate all our all our listeners hanging out in our Discord, hanging out on Instagram. And I'll quickly shout out uh, to Jordan who uh, listened to our season four wrap up and um, heard about that comment that I'm missing the tip of my finger because I stuck it in an exercise bike when I was young and it ripped it off. Uh, he messaged to say I too lost the tip of my finger in an exercise bike. <laughs> Wow, you you guys could be missing finger buddies. Finger buddies. <laughs> Tip friends. No, no, that's weird. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Let's get to our chosen ones. <laughs> All right. And especially thank you to everybody uh, who's paying us to have a parasocial relationship. Um, Lizzie, Hannah, Holly, Kayla, Brady, Jordan, Lena, Julian, Nicola, and Louise. Emma, Taza, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, and Tasha. Thanks, everyone. This was fun. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week